two A's in America. Three K's, two A's, America. Three K's, two A's in America. Damn, I feel amazing. Damn, we got up on mine. Welcome to Black on Both Sides. I'm going to have your co-host, King Kunta 3X. King Kunta. K-Dot Kunta. Whatever. Uh, the other half of your co-host is my esteemed colleague, the distinguished gentleman from Georgia. Nine out of ten dental professionals who my seven-year-old is going to have to see, much to her chagrin, because uh, the baby teeth is fucking up the real teeth. Say, so, you know what? This nigga right here, he understands. He gets it. You should listen to him. Mr. Bionis, what up, B? What's going on, man? You know, I changed dentist recently, and believe it or not, he did, uh, what did he call it, an orthopedic overview or some, he's some shit, right? <laughs> <laughs> he made a, I'm going to do an orthopedic, uh, orthopedic overview of your sus dientes. And guess what my insurance said about that charge? <laughs> Psych. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, nice. Uh, is it good for you guys? Uh, <laughs> by the way, let it let it let it not be mistaken, tangled. Don't get it tangled and twitted. In the words of Chris Bridges, Mister Bionna says, "Where are we now? Locally known and unlike Bitcoin, which is taking a beating lately, universally accepted. Just want y'all to know. If you know, you know. Right. All right, man. You got any Bitcoin? I have so little that it doesn't matter. What the fuck, man? God." Damn, I'm going to stop looking at that shit. Every time I look at that shit, the number's lower. Yeah. Seems like that was a terrible idea. That's why I didn't dig, that's why I didn't dig deep. Luckily, well, I... Pro- but- you didn't dig deep? Go on. No, I said I didn't dig deep. I, 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 didn't, I didn't have a lot of faith in it, and so I didn't um, balls to the wall with it. It's doing the exact same thing they said it wasn't supposed to do, which is fluctuate... With the stock market, right. stock market, and you know dollar prices. Right. That's exactly what it's doing. But I digress. Uh, <clears throat> that's first world problems, which is also what is not designed to be as first world problems. Whatever. Um, so, B, I recently had the distinguished honor, nay, privilege of going to the uh, exhibit in downtown LA. Wake me when I'm free. You heard about this, B? I have not. It is the Tupac Museum experience. It's in the heart of L.A., across the street from, uh, it's Mama call it Staples. Shaq and Kobe call it Staples. I'm going to call it the Staples Center. It's in the middle of downtown, across the street from the Staples Center. Like the Nokia Center? I don't call it the uh, L.A. Live. Oh, okay. Is it, that's what it's called now? Yeah. I don't even know if Nokia is still a thing. You would know I wouldn't. But, um. Uh, anywho, so I went there, and it's fucking amazing. And I'm not saying it's amazing from, uh, oh, yeah, Pac's that nigga. Of course he was, but it's amazing. Uh, uh, it is an experience. Who put it together? So first, I guess the uh, Tupac and Afini Shakur Foundation. Okay. It's their shit. Okay, cool. So, um so without, you know, giving away the whole thing, it was me and my family, and uh, uh, me and my wife, uh, my 16-year-old and 7-year-old, we, we walked in, haven't heard anything about it other than it exists. And when you walk in, it's a white room. And the white room, they have, a, they have a model, a 3D model, large models of each and every one of Tupac's tattoos. Now, what's interesting is that 
most of them shits had incredibly deep meanings. Like every last one of them had incredibly deep meanings, except for one B. That was uh, his his name. That was. But they tried to they tried to nigger that shit. They tried to say, well, no, see, the the two is for together. The P is for people. A is for acting collectively. No, 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 no. From nineteen ninety four five to about ninety nine, niggas just getting you know their names of themselves in case right. you forgot who you were. Your initials, that sort of shit. That's what that was. And that explanation was dumb as fuck because Tupac's name is um, Tupac. So his name is his name. Right. Um, and it wasn't initially his name. So we also learned that his mother was under so much fear and heat from the feds for as uh, one of the Black Panther 21 that they – Tupac Amaru Shakur is his name. That's actually on his second birth certificate. The first birth certificate it has, you know, the most Wally-ish name. That's your term, I think, that you could find. It's such a Wally name, I don't even recall it, but it was, you know, it was like, the whitest Martin, name. Martin Jenkins? No, that Jenkins is too black. No okay. one even. Yeah, but that was so... So back to what I was saying. So the experience, you walk in, you see these large 3D sculptures of each of his tattoo. And then you, tattoos, and you have like an explanation on what it means. That shit was, it was crazy. Um, I would have sent you pictures, but you don't fuck with Pac, so, you know, to eat his own. Is it, so, is it like the kind of thing that you would travel to LA just to see though? Or is it like, eh, if you're here, check it out? Oh, it would have to depend on your Tupac fanhood, to be honest with you. Well, if you're, okay, let's just say you're a hip hop head though, because I am that. It's but, not a, that's not, obviously, well, not obviously, well, Los Angeles, California, that can't be the only reason you're coming to Los Angeles, California, but it definitely should be a highlight if you're a hip-hop fan of your trip to California. Okay. Uh, So let me, uh, so so painting the picture, as I said, you go in, you see 3D sculptures of his tattoos, um, and then there's plaques meetings, and there's, you know, and and there's a little bit of music being played, not a lot, it's like a white room, uh, somewhat kind of appley, but not quite. And uh, and so you go in there, you look at that, you're encouraged to take pictures. And I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, this is nice, sweet, nice, okay. And so I thought in the most n- niggish way possible that that might have been it. No, nigga, I was wrong. It's the Tupac experience. And so what they do is they give you headphones that are attached like a, 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 a remote control. And that is going to be what you use as you go throughout the rest of the uh, Tupac experience. And so each person gets their own headphones. That headphone is connected to what looks like a remote control. And as you put your headphones on, you hear... But they can't do... No words, though. Uh, oh, okay, just so, the instrumental? Yep. I just sent you uh, 3D pictures of, of what was in there so you kind of have an idea. Each of, the pictures, each of the pictures I send you actually have a, a message. I'll send them to you offline if you actually care, what, but I know you don't. That's nice, though. Yeah, so I thought that was it. I'm used to some, you know, the marathon clothing store type shit. I thought that was it. I was, oh, cool. It's, you know, sweet. 
But no, we were just starting. So you go over to the wall with your headphones. You got my ambitions as a writer instrumental playing over your headphones. And all of a sudden, the door opens and you walk into this big room. The room is surrounded by uh, TV screens, one massive LED screen on each side of the on each side of the uh, of the room, and uh, shit gets real. This is dope, man. Shit, this is dope. Shit gets real because we have to start Tupac's story with Tupac's people. Tupac's mama was a Black Panther, right? Founding member. Or founding member adjacent. Like there was 10 of them niggas and she was in there. Right. Like there was 21. She wanted to 21 and she wasn't number 21. Right. And so we do some strange fruit shit to start this exhibit. So mm-hmm. all these, these uh, the room is wrapped around by these LED screens and they start, you know, showing shit. Nigga being honk and uh, a dead body that's been hanged. Southern shit. Dogs. Sprays, Martin Luther King, the funeral. um, You know, Malcolm X, the funeral. And so this is building how we start with Tupac's parents. We go to the next room. The next room, by the way, this did not go go well with the seven-year-old, but that's kind of my fault. So we go (laughs) I was wondering. (laughs) We go into the next room, and it's all Black Panther- and a Fini Shakur, everything. So what you do is you take your clicker and you click it at a dot, at a at a this this green dot. It's attached to these pictures, and it will start playing you your audio of whatever's going on in that section. So that's pretty dope. So you see all this Black Panther stuff, and you learn all about a Fini Shakur, and you find out that Fini Shakur was actually might have been like you know HBIC in the Black Panthers. Like she was like the spokes, the female spokesperson. And you find out that she got arrested and they put her and this other person in jail and they were going to, she was pregnant at the time. They wanted to railroad them, but the problem is they were going to need a, a jury to convict. And they were in the heart of, of New York's so jury pool was going to be where they were going to be primarily black. So they knew they were not going to get it. They knew they were not going to, if they killed them, they would, might would be a, a riot in, in New York city. It was, you know, it was all, it was just crazy. T- it was crazy. And, uh, and so we learn more about her. We learn about her, her words, her poetry. Uh, she was a leader. Um, and we learned that she was supposed to be the spokesperson. I got tons of pictures being going to send you anywhere near all of them at all. So that's kind of where we take off. There's Black Panther section. Uh, there's the Feeney Secure section. There's a Feeney Goes to Jail section. We actually see what they fed her when she was in jail, which is essentially a pregnant woman with a... One hard-boiled egg and one cup of milk. That is a meal. Isn't that crazy? If it's, like true, if it's, could, if it's true, that's crazy. They, they knew they could not kill her. So Tupac's first birth certificate, because I just hit this, because this is part of the Phoenix Shakur section. His first birth certificate, his name was, you ready for this, B? And actually, it was a little more niggerish than I thought. Parrish Lassane Crooks. I think I've heard that before, actually. Yeah, Parrish Lassane Crooks. Okay, that is a nigga name. Yeah, it. Yeah, well, yeah, actually, all of it is. But <laughs> it's a nigga uh, name. <laughs> but it's not a militant nigga name. No, it wasn't not. Tupac no. Amaru Shakur. Nah. Now, how you could get two, I don't know. But I think I got two. Um, 
And then we find out about Tupac, how he grew up with the Black Panthers and how that shaped him. And we see his his art as a kid. His art as a kid is very pro-black because that's all he knows, all he's all he's around. Right. And then there's a there's a story that we listen to where we find out that Tupac as a eight to eleven year old just knew he had heard stories about when the feds come and they dust for fingerprints. And that when that happens, all of his uncles and cousins go to prison. Right. So what he did as a little kid, little kid language, little kid understanding, he would smear peanut butter on the walls. So his uncles and cousins wouldn't have to go to jail if the police ever came. Little kid, remember? Yeah, I heard you. Yep. So and so this is a long-winded way of me saying that he, he was really a criminal from the beginning. Oh. Thought he was a freedom fighter fighting against the man, and that was that was little Tupac's upbringing. That's who he thought he was, that's who he hung around with. And then eventually, you know, the long arm of the law. You don't fuck around. Ain't no black, ain't no more of those Black Panthers. Right. So uh, Afini got, had to leave. She, she got blackballed. She couldn't find a job. She couldn't, couldn't find work. So she left New York, moved to Baltimore. Same problem. Couldn't find work. And we stop at that part of the story. We don't talk about what happened to Afini after that. Because everyone, if you know Tupac's history, you know that Afini eventually... You know, this strong black freedom fighting woman became a crackhead. Right. None of that's in the exhibit. We don't talk about that at all, which is one of me one of my critiques as we as I finish up. Then it goes to Pac from ages, you know, twelve through end of high school. As long from the very beginning, that nigga could write. That nigga was writing. Writing, 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 writing. Journals on journals on journals. So many journals. There are several rooms in the museum in the uh, exhibit just covered with journals, just journal pages, just lots of journals. That that nigga wrote, wrote, wrote poetry, songs, screenplays. He just never stopped. Um, interesting thing is that when he was it was a when he was eighteen, he wrote in his journal that you know he's yada yada yada. He says, "I'm sitting here eighteen, halfway through my life." What eighteen <laughs> year old do you know would write that shit? Right. I mean, he wasn't accurate, but he wasn't that for well. <laughs> had he been accurate, he would have lived longer. But still, because right, right. uh, he died at twenty six, so you know. So I was astonished by just the body of writing before we find out that he, you know, wanted to be in the music industry, and uh, and so we totally go past the portions of Tupac's childhood where Afini's on drugs. When he is out with the wrong people. So that's a theme. The theme to it is we're not going to talk about negative things unless we have to talk about negative things. And so, you know, that's kind of a critique. So I go and you see all of the stuff that he had, all the writings. Uh, they got tons and tons of pictures, tons and tons of. Okay, so there's so one thing that became very clear and, and eventually was even written out explicitly. There's a lot of unreleased music. Like <laughs> a lot. Shit. Yeah. Like, you know how many damn post posthumous albums there have been? Okay, there's a lot more of this shit that nothing's just been done with. Why, I don't know. But it exists. They say it exists. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so uh, one of the other cooler sections of it is that you go through and you see all, they have all the outfits. 
And the funny thing is, from the Death Row days, I'm just skipping over. So, you know, in the in the 90s, you know, he was with Digital Underground, and you know, he was a dancer. That's where he first got his shot. His first rap, you know, his first uh, rap uh, cameo was on uh, Around the World. Same song. Yeah. Then it it dips into him as a solo artist. How hard it was was for him to get signed. How only one record label wanted to sign him, Interscope. I'm like, hey, you only need one, right? Right. You only need one. And uh, and so we get to that point, and we see all of these uh, outfits from all the uh, iconic videos and iconic things that he did. And one of the interesting things is that when he was on death row, uh, all of his shoes were Versace, 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 Tim's Versace, Versace, Tim Butters, Versace. Uh, remember the uh, All About You song? Every, every other city we go. Yep. Yeah. So there's a video where Tupac is walking down a, a runway at, like he's a model. And he's got a white, 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 uh, white suit with like a uh, the '90s looking vest on, and he got some blue shoes. Okay. So I told you everything we saw in Tupac's that they had preserved from his death row days. All that shit was Versace, right? And some Tims, except for these blue shoes. You're not gonna believe me, but these blue shoes were hush puppies. <laughs> I'm like, nigga, you wore these in the video video. <laughs> this is like the death row time. Shit, man. Hey, damn. That's real nigga shit. It is some real nigga shit. Uh so so that that was dope. And then you also we got a chance to see um All right, so shit I did not know that I learned. The nigga was married. To who? Did you know that? No. They don't they don't say that. So when he's in 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 prison. Uh, his lawyers write a letter on his behalf because a lot of shit's happening that he they're messing with, they're fucking with him because even though it's been some time there's still people old enough to know oh he's some freedom fighter and oh you you know fuck the police and you spitting on cops and okay yeah yeah right. yeah we got you Nick. right so um so they're fucking with him and so his lawyers write a letter and one of the complaints is that whenever his wife comes to visit they are harassed doesn't name who the person is but well, clear as day. On legal letterhead and everything. But my clients, when his wife comes to visit him, he and her are harassed. Nigga was married. So he also had no business being in that, that hotel room at all with that girl that claims he, she, he raped her. Women do with that. <laughs> no, that's not how. That's not, no, 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 no. You got the wrong. No, that's not the what wrong, happened. That's the wrong charge. That's the wrong nigga and the wrong charge. No, he, he, no, they said this shit happened to Pac in a in a club. What happened That's to Pac? Why in he club? was so upset because he said, you know, there were victims to see that he would he didn't force her to do this. I mean, sorry, there are there are witnesses to see he didn't force her to do this. Side of me in a club. Pac wasn't in a hotel room. That was that was must have been Mike Tyson. That's Mike. It's it, been a it lot of Mike, years, man. Mike Tyson doing some of the you know he was a very very you know very uh. Very, very sad and tortured man at that time. Yeah, it's but, a lot of years you know, ago though, so forgive me. Yeah. So anyway, but doing that's kind of, but that's the fucked up part of it is that it was in public. Yeah. Or whatever. Uh, so he was married. Another thing I did not know. On one of his last albums, one of the first, you know, remember, B, you remember back in the day when somebody mm-hmm. have an album cover, they put all the thanks on the end of it. Thanks, right. this, thank you. So they say, oh, I want to thank God, right? Nah, this nigga thanked Allah. Black people don't do that shit unless they are Muslims. Right. 
black people don't just randomly think a lot. They don't do that shit. Right. And that was in stark contrast to how Pac was raised and in stark contrast to a lot of his writings about God, which he was more of a Protestant Christianity type person. And this obviously was post him being shot and post him getting out of prison. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Other thing that I I I knew but forgot I knew was that All Eyes on Me was initially supposed to be called Euthanasia. Why? I don't know. He, that's, so, and I'll show you this later, but he's, so he has, he's sketched out all of his albums. He's got all the tracks that's supposed to be on there. Yeah. And so when you look at, at the, his notes for, for Euthanasia, it's all, all eyes on me book one. And it's Euthanasia book one. And Euthanasia book two has got, you know, the second song, set of songs for all eyes on me. And so, but that's, be as an insider, you know that happens all the time. Why I right. want to call some shit one shit and then like, yeah. nah. I just wonder why euthanasia, why was that where he was going with it? Because it doesn't match those the songs. Or maybe it does. Maybe I just don't see the connection he had. Well, uh, I can't ask him and neither can you. Uh, another thing, I'm sorry. It's true, uh, it's true. But that's, you know, you know what? There's also some truth in that. He's a very complicated person. Or he was a very complicated person. He used a lot of double entendres. His life was a fucking double entendre. Right. Um, and so I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. And 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 it's hard to glean uh, unless he. That's a. That's him acknowledging that he knows he's going to die soon. Which is seems to have been something that he said a lot. Um, yeah. Um. So so that was really interesting to me. I also have his, his workout though. That's people have known about that. His workout from when he was in prison. He wrote that down. You wear that? No, who cares? I do, because I'm getting that Machiavelli seven-day theory shit on, homie. <laughs> and uh, I only recognize two Tupac albums. Okay. What what are those be? <laughs> Why are you yeah, so frustrated? He's looking at my face because he's realizing how much attention I'm paying him on this Why show. are you so frustrated with me? That's what I don't understand. Why can't I? I'm not. I'm actually surprised you've, you've, you've stayed with me this long, to be honest with you. To be all the way honest, I'm surprised you let me make it this far. Me Against the World and All Eyes on Me, the double disc, that's, those, are his, those are his albums. The rest of the stuff is, eh. His earlier what? stuff was not as good as people pretend like it was. It wasn't, it wasn't it, there may have been more revolutionary stuff on there, but it wasn't ear-catching. So it wasn't stuff that, like, I, I, I never thought Brenda Had a Baby was a good song. I Get Around was a decent song, but that's only because they played the shit out of it. Um, to be honest, his, his genius happened during uh, Me Against the World. And then it carried on with all eyes on me. I don't want to get prophetic, which is not really because all this shit already happened. But his me against the world probably would have been very similar to Nipsey's uh, victory lap. That's when they transitioned to from just being another nigga. Yeah, but, two, but Tupac's version of that was amazing. Yeah, victory, but he got, to make, he got to make more music after that. Yeah, but I'm, In other words, what I'm saying is his quality changed. I agree yeah. with you. His quality his, clearly went up. Right, it was a different from just nigga. being a nigga that yeah. rap to being oh wait a minute a, somebody prolific somebody prolific who has a, a imp, who can who can cause impact and and change and you know that that and was, then he got to make more albums yeah well he yeah, got, my he, huge problem about he Nipsey made one more is that no no come on man he he made one more the other albums were posthumous he didn't make those albums. It's Ma- his Mac- material. But yeah, but Machiavelli was it's not... It's like if you have an artist go in the studio, if it's in the can, it's in the can. Nah, but that's not how it works, though, uh, Kunta. Like, you, there, there, is so much, there is so much involved in, um, first of all, song selection. Second of all, song order. 
Like there's oh, but, so, oh, but, so just piggybacking on that. So a lot of his album memos, his album, his album notes, that's happening all the time. Shit's so he going in, it's coming out. Hmm? So he already so he left with like a, a blueprint of how he wanted his albums to go. I I would say that uh Machiavelli uh, and maybe the Outlaws album that came after that, he did have ideas okay. of how those were supposed to be arranged. I'll, I'll allow Machiavelli. I will not allow that Outlaws bullshit. Stop it. I will allow Machiavelli. So we'll say he had three albums post him transitioning. You can't to the next do album. that because the Outlaws were shit that Suge Knight and Death Row didn't own. Yeah. That was the only way for him to make any other money. Yeah, but I just. I... That was the only thing he had a lot of creative control over. Okay. That was his thing. But Remember, he tried to start Death Row East, and, yeah. and Sugar's like, nah. But I'm saying as far as giving Tupac his the credit for what his album, his body of work, what really mattered, where I'll give you Machiavelli. I'll allow that. Machiavelli, um, All Eyes on Me, and Me Against the World. Specifically Me Against the World, though. That was, like you say, that was the, the uh, corner changer. See, I don't even got to fight with you on that. That's fine. I, okay, yeah, I, I'd roll with that. That's fine. Um... Cause, Cause, like you know, like I'm saying, you know, me against the world is when that nigga became iconic. Yeah, I remember Freak Nick that year. It was, um, you know, I mean, this is this is some some nigga dumb shit. But Freak Nick that year, Tupac's album had just come out, maybe a month before. Maybe you can look it up. I, I'm I'm guaranteeing it was early summer that album came out. Um, and when Freak Nick came here. It was early early in the year because Freak Nick I think may have been April time frame or something. I don't remember, but. Everybody, not talking about somebody's, not some people, not kind of some people. Everybody was playing um, um, whatever the one is with the, the Stevie Woman sample, and then of course other songs in the album. But everybody had that album on, so it immediate immediately impacted the culture to the point where if you had something else on, people were looking at you funny, like why you ain't got that new pop? Yeah, I mean, shit. It's uh, you know, it, it was it, you know, it was the album. That for me, like cemented me as being a Tupac fan, right? Up because you know I'm going to agree with you. Before that shit, it was a lot of New York shit, a lot of just you know a lot of heavy that New York sound. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it was not that terribly distinguishable from just. He wasn't that distinguishable from everybody else, right? And then the Me Against the World, you know, that's when I kind of really started like paying attention to what this nigga was saying, right? Like I get around on some funny shit to say. I it think, don't mean nothing. I think I started paying attention, and I think this was pre-Me Against the World, when he did a song with a guy named MC Breed. You remember him? MC Breed? Yeah. Um, he did a song called I Gotta Get Mine, and his his um, his delivery was definitely post-Me Against the World Tupac. So I think I started paying attention to him really then. I heard I Get Around, and I heard Brenda Had a Baby and all those songs. Those were okay songs, but to me, he would never have been anybody's favorite artist with those songs. Me against the I world. get around is actually the first piece of music I purchased with my own money. Oh wow! It was a it was a single. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, but anywho, so so should I let it ride out on that on a happy note with the Pac experience? Why is there a negative part of it? Yeah, there is because niggas ruin everything. You got to include everything, man. You can't leave half of it out. All right. So I had a wonderful fucking experience. Hell, this nigga, I caught the Pac Holy Ghost. So the way this shit is set up. At once you get to the end, you get to this big room called the Roses Room, where you see all these roses, petals, and all these LED screens, and all shit smells like roses, you know, roses through the concrete. Then um, after that, you get to the merch room. Uh, of course. They got to make money, though. Come on. I know, and I had caught the entire Tupac Holy Ghost, all of it. Oh, so you spent a grip. 
I was laying hands. I was like, oh, I took my, <laughs> my sweatshirt off. I was swinging it over there. You want it over there? Take it. Oh, my Take God. Take it. Oh, my God. Uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, anyway, so we did spend a grip. I'm not going to tell you how much we spent. I'm going to tell you what I bought that I wanted. Specifically, I'm going to tell you the thing I really, really wanted that I bought. Um, so I bought this uh, Tupac uh, sweatshirt. Um, and... The front of it just got a picture pock. The back of it says uh, something like, you know, evolve or die or, you know, either you evolve or you die or some shit like that. Something generic. Right. I don't remember what. Yeah. Then on on the sleeve, it's got uh, a rose, you know, rose of the concrete. Right. And might be some more shit. Um, so that was at a price point that was palatable to King Kunta, who, unlike B, is not made of money. So I purchased that shit. My wife got some shit. My daughter's got shit. Well, not the seven-year-old because it wasn't nothing for kids. Nothing. So I talked to the lady. So yeah, so, you know, are these going to shrink? Yeah, they might shrink. Okay. All right, well, I'm going to need an extra large. Okay, cool. All right. He's men's sizes, right? Right. Okay. And so the way it is, they have things for you to look at, but you can't. Those are not for you to buy. Right. So you got you to gotta mark down what you want and give it to the person. They go in the back and they come back and they wrap it and give it to you in a bag. Goodness. So my sweatshirt says, you either evolve or you disappear. So I guess that's a direct quote he had. Same riff off of a, you know, off of a well-known thing. Right. Um, anywho, so she come back out, you know, big happy, we leave. I get home. And uh, I, I decide I need, to, I, need to, I need to look at this shit. I'm still, you know, I'm still, I still got a little bit of Pac Holy Ghost. And, uh. First problem was when I took the shirt out, it was, it was, un, it had, and I was trying to unfold it. It peeled apart like a, I'm on California, no, no, you from the South. It peeled apart like you trying to open some starch jeans. Now, if I was talking to a friend of the show, <laughs> Baylor the Great, I would say it peeled apart like some starch khakis. Right. Because I'm from Texas, so we did both. Both of them had to be starched. Right. Oh, God. And so I was like, this is, you know, uh, this is not how right. it's supposed to work. And then, you know, the material is not very thick. And, uh, and this, the next, the first time I wash this motherfucker will be the last time I'll be able to wear it. Oh, wow. Yep. And so one more other funny thing for, or I think it's funny. So I mean, going there with my family, I got a ball cap on. This is hot as fuck. And security woman, of course there's security. Cause of course you're, you're worrying that someone would come to the Tupac museum and shoot it up, you know, to make a point over a guy who's been dead for, what, 20 years? Just to let, anyway. just to let niggas know. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> How long would they mourn me? Anyway, so security, one of the security people, she says, hey, do you know who you look like? I'm thinking to myself, this shit, I'd be good. B, you want to guess what, what, the, what the security lady in downtown LA at the Tupac exhibit, who she said I look like? Give me three guesses. <laughs> <laughs> Ving Rhames in a cap. Ving Rhames. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm still laughing at Ving Rhames. cap. Uh, Do I need to put a cap on for you to paint you a picture? I have no idea. Just tell me, man. I can't do three guesses. This I'm bitch t- put her entire mouth together to say I look like Tiger Woods. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm at the hardest, um, hip hoppiest, thuggest out place of my entire hip hop listening career. To uh, my one of my favorite artists, 
uh, dead or alive of all time. And I basically this bitch called Miracle. Right. She she uh she testing your gangster man. I was like, oh. Uh. She testing your thug life. She didn't test it. She was. Anyway, so that was that was my experience at the Pac Museum. It was actually a really good experience. It's not called the Pac Museum. It's called Wake Me When I'm Free. Uh, and it, I would recommend if you are in L.A. for any reason, you should check it out. It's worth it. If you like hip-hop and if you like Tupac or at least 50% of that, it's well worth your time to see it. Is that, uh, is that a permanent lot, fixture now? I think it is. Okay, cool. Because uh, it's not easily movable at all. Yeah, it looks like, like a lot of yeah. The picture you sent me is dope. I love it. I love the way they change the tattoos. That's the just the front room, man. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's so. Incredible. I was expecting that to be the shit. That to be it. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, man. Got my little headphones. Let's California right. love. All right, cool. We gotta go. No, there's a whole other experience yeah. that goes along with it. So I don't know wow. if it's coming out anytime soon. And uh, and so it's and I left out a lot of parts about it. They go through. Pac's early music, right. his his early albums. They go through his 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 uh, his television, his movies. That nigga wrote scripts. Yeah, he has screenplays that no one's ever done anything with. He has business ideas that they show you that he wrote in his own hand that no one's done anything with. Hmm. Uh, for example, one of it was uh, uh, he wanted a uh, he wanted a a restaurant, you know, in the hood that specialized in 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 you know. Fine quality gourmet Italian food. Apparently, he really loved Italian food. Okay. Didn't know that. Yeah. Um, he also had all these foundations he wanted to put in place in different parts of uh, of uh, South Central Los Angeles. So it's 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 great to see. It's inspirational when you just see how much he wrote. Yeah. I mean, had he not written most of this stuff, anybody that doesn't like Tupac, looking at you, be. Next time you're in LA, you should see this shit. If whoa, anything, whoa, 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 whoa. No, you'll look no, and say, no, wow, no, this nigga no. really worked hard whoa, whoa, at what the whoa, fuck whoa. he was doing. I don't dislike Tupac. I just don't think he's top five rappers of all time. Let's get it come let's get it all the way straight because I want to make sure that we're not you're not misleading people thinking anything about my opinions of Tupac. I think Tupac is by far the most number one, not not number two is not even close, impactful rapper of all time. Oh, right, you know what? You know what? I'll take that. By far. I'll take that, and I'll stop. I'll stop there because the other part of where we disagree, I don't even know if we really disagree, because I don't really make that distinction. So when I say he's, you know, you know, top top five uh, rapper, rap artist, I'm dumbing it down. That's really a different question okay. than what what we should be talking about. That's 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 easy to. That's what I what the thing that I gravitate toward Tupac from is what you just said, the social impact, right. You know, um, so, you know, I apologize. We, you know, we talking about lyricism when we have that argument and, you know, he's, you know, he's not there, nor was it his intention to be there. Yeah. Uh, Pac was never, yeah, that was not his, that was not what he was trying to do and that's not what he did do. I love you Tupac, know. man. I think that that's, I think that's what Jamie Mack from No, no Nonsense Show gets wrong about me too. I love Tupac. I just don't think he's a top five rapper. That's it. I love him. I love his message, what he's done for the culture. Who he was and who he was probably going to be—that's amazing to me. I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm floored by What's his ability. You know, the Pac Holy Ghost. Well, I'm going to send you uh, more of the media. Then I'll email it to you. Yeah, because uh, I took a grip. I was that dude. <laughs> I was that dude. Most of the people. Excuse me. Excuse me. Because there's a lot to take pictures of, and yeah. uh, uh, but just the prolific nature. And you had you knew it was, or there wouldn't have been so many albums. But the prolific writer 
just damn, how much did you write every damn day? Right. All right. So if you like hip hop, if you love hip hop, if you like Pac, if you love Pac and you're in the LA area, you need to go check this out. I have left out huge portions of it. Even the portions I've said, you won't understand it until you experience it yourself. Right. You know, there's this Pac, Tupac workout. Everybody that's looked for it knows. But until you see that shit in that nigga's own writing, it's different. It hits different once you say, oh, this nigga really did write this shit. And that's what he was really trying to do. Yeah. What the fuck are wings? I still don't know. He was using some, I guess, some prison term to describe an exercise and no one knows what the fuck it means. <laughs> wings. Five times 50. Five sets. Wings. I don't know. Um, but in any event, so that was what that was about. And, you know, that was last week. This week, Kendrick came. Kendrick Lamar, the new album. Yeah. Mr. Morale and the Big Stepper. You uh, listen to any of it yet, B? I haven't. I tried to listen to it yesterday, but my wife was like, I don't really want to listen to that right now. So it's for the best. You got to listen to that by yourself. Okay. None of this shit is meant for the radio. Yeah. This entire album is like, hey, man, um, fuck Grammys. I don't need them shits. I already got them shits. I've seen, I some- I've seen negative criticism, though. Have you seen that? Um, the Kodak Black thing. I didn't. See I don't that. necessarily know why he did that. Um, I am not familiar with the negative criticism, but well, I can understand why there would be. Let me tell this you, this is not an album for radio play. These are not songs. These are conversations that causes a person to question big things. So these are therapy sessions from Kendrick Lamar. Tell me if this is accurate. They said. I, I don't like this album. I know a lot of the Kendrick stands are going to go crazy. But for me, it was just two bangers and, a, and the rest of it was a bunch of under 3,000 shit. That's what it said. And that well, may, to me, that's not a bad criticism, though. He's, he's like, oh, that's, that's why it's bad. And I'm reading that like, oh, that shit's probably fire. That's then. what I just said, B. <laughs> right. But B, isn't that what I just said? That he, just, didn't, I, he, he, yeah. didn't, he didn't care if any of these shit ever made it on the radio. That's not the point. It's like Beyonce's visual album. Right. It's not. It's not going to translate if you just listen to it. That that last thing Beyonce did with all the Africa stuff. Still didn't watch it's not it. going to translate if you just listen to it. Right. You have to watch it. Yeah. And watching it's necessarily going to drive album sales, and that's because she doesn't give a fuck. That's what Kendrick did with his album. I yeah. still I still haven't heard the heart song because that video just captiva- oh, it captivates man. me every time. I'm looking at the video and I can't stop looking at the 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 fucking expensive ass deep fake work they did because that is tremendous, man. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I want to point you to a specific. So the juicy, the juicy Smollett section of the heart part five, uh-huh. he's talking about someone faking something. Ah, now the OJ part, I didn't really. I've only heard it like three or four times. The OJ part, I didn't. I haven't really tried to decipher. But the Jussie, he is talking about somebody being fake. <laughs> the Kobe part, I still haven't quite figured out what that meant. Um, the Nipsey part. The Nipsey part it sounds like it's from Nipsey's perspective. Is that am I wrong? Oh man, that shit. You know, we should have Baylor on this. That shit was crazy. Yeah. First he was talking about Nipsey. And then, then when he, he came started back, talking as Nipsey. When he came back as Nipsey, right, because he, he went back to his face for a second and then it came back to Nipsey's face. And the way that he did it was in like not a it's like it's like not disrespectful. Right. Well, Lauren London like a, shouted it like out. Cathartic. It's like like uh, how people say when, when you tell people, ask people who's Malcolm X, the first picture that comes to mind for most people AK. is Denzel Washington. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Is Denzel Washington right? So, 
what I'm saying is, so when he was doing this, in my opinion, and I guess I'd have to ask the professional Californian about this, um, Baylor the Great, it's like, he took me out of, this is a Kendrick Lamar video, and out of shit. Right. That, that is, that would be what he was, that, that's on <laughs> brand. That would be what he, and it was crazy to me. Yeah, it was. That's what I'm saying. I get kept every time I watch the video. I get I get captivated in not just the words, but how how it looks. So I I, I stopped listening. I start just watching that video. Cost two million dollars easily. Had to because that deep fake that deep fake is ridiculous. It looks so good. Uh, now the Kanye. I gotta tell you that nigga Kanye's face distracts me. So I don't know what the fuck was going on there. What? So I haven't <laughs> broken that down. I think the Will Smith one may have also been kind of a. You're underestimating me, type of vibe, or I, you know, you thought I was one way, but I'm another way, type of vibe. Right. That's my that's my emotional recollection of what he was saying. I haven't broken down the lyrics. So, but well, the reason why I mentioned that comment, that criticism from someone, is because it, it, would you agree that that's what it is? And if so, I'm more excited to listen to it. If it is a couple of bangers and the rest of it's a bunch of Andre 3000 bullshit, I'm I'm more intrigued. Everybody is getting close. Fuck, dumb nigga. Shit. Yeah. That's not what this album is. It's not what this album is. You want good kid Matt City? Okay. That nigga is gone a long time ago. Right. It's that the years. hard part five, he says that shit. As I get older, I realize that my you know my my opinions may differ from other people, and that's okay. Yeah. And uh so no, so that I that is the is a radio-ish song and not because he's rapping rapping on that. But the album, he's not rapping rapping, he's talking talking. Yeah. Sometimes he's singing, singing. Yeah. But if you listen to what he's saying, you're going to be thinking, thinking. And not some of that J. Cole type shit, but right. like some, man, wow. Yeah, you I know. Just, I think about that too. You, Like he's got one where he talks about how, you know what? I'm not going to get into it. He's got one about sleeping with white women and how it's actually a triple entendre. It's a double, triple, quintuple mental problem that a lot of black men have. It's so much to it. It's that, well, let me rephrase. It's so much that could be to it to someone who's a very deep thinker, right? Uh, or it's bullshit, whatever. But anyway, I love it. I've only listened to it two times through. I like to listen to a new album in the car. I like to listen to a new album in my headphones. I'm not an audiophile like you be. I'm a regular, regular, regular. So to me, an album sounds different in the car than if I'm just isolated in my headphones. And so those are the two listens I give, and then. And that kind of tells me what I think I think. Yeah, but that's because you got a good, you got a nice car. Most people don't have nice cars, so that car experience is nice as yours. <laughs> hey, look, most people don't get when they listen to it in the car. It's like, man, them speakers been blown a long time ago. You have a nice car, so I know you're getting a good car experience. My windows are up. That's why I got to right around trying to knock pictures off walls. Shit. <laughs> Oh man, I'm excited yeah, so to listen to it though. I am. I, I only thing I hate about Kendrick, of course, and you know this already. Is yeah, that, I know. We can't fix that fucking voice. Well, that should be somewhat mitigated because he's not trying to affect his voice as much on some of the stuff because it, it's this is an internal dialogue. This is us. This is a personal therapy session that's relatable to a lot of different people. That's this that's album is meant for you to fucking think about. Lots of things. Yeah. From your perspective, his perspective. It's not meant for you just to nod your head and be like, yeah, cold world. It's not that album. I'm going to pull the uh, lyrics up as I listen to it. Yeah, that, that's the next stage I'm at. 
uh, no, I think I'll have one more uh, organic listen. Then I want to break it down. Yeah. So uh, Kendrick Lamar. Um, I don't know if he's going to win a Grammy because uh, this song is less uh, less playable than uh, than uh, that album. Uh, was it King Kut album? Pimp hmm? Butterfly. The Pimp Butterfly. It's less. There, there's, it's, there's not, there's not songs for the radio on right, this album. Right. So you said two. I thought that was being, uh, that was being uh, judicious with two. That's uh, being a. Uh, but either way, so <sighs> we talked about Pac, the Pac experience. We talked about all that music that Tupac still has that nothing's happened to. I just found out right before we started recording, Kendrick has five hundred unreleased songs. I believe that. He can't get to them. They're in a hard drive and he doesn't know how to access it. <laughs> That's fucked up. I could probably get them for him. Okay, man. Well, you know what? You know what? You know what? <laughs> Nigga, you might be right. Uh, you might want to back channel that shit. You know, you might be right. Uh, be able to do that for, for K-Dot. That could get, you know, that get some things thinging. Um, all right. So, an icon to a current icon for uh, younger folk. This is the man I thought was going to save hip hop. I was wrong. Um, Who? I thought Kendrick was going to. I thought oh. Kendrick was going to represent a return back to lyricism. I was fucking wrong. Yeah, they're not ready for that. They don't want that. No, they don't. So, young thug, you guys cover this on the mothership. No, it happened. It happened an hour after we started recording, so we didn't see it. B, what's one of the worst things that could happen to you if you're doing all sorts of illegal shit out on them streets? What's one of the worst possible things that could happen to you? Somebody have a recording of you talking about these things is what I would say. No, nah, I was going to say Rico. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Ain't no getting out of Rico. Nah. Ain't no, ain't no snitching out of Rico either. Nah. You might get some less time. Right. But no, nigga, they've been waiting on this shit. Yeah, and the case been built. Rico! <laughs> case has been shit. built. By the time they got you in, in handcuffs, the, the case is so built that it doesn't even matter. They don't need your testimony anymore. Rico is so hard to prove that by the time they're ready to prove it, that's it. Right. That's it. John Gotti. <laughs> Remember why they called John Gotti a Teflon Dunn? Because he was murdered. Murder, murder case. Nope, didn't do it. Nope, didn't do it. Yeah. How'd they get that nigga? That Rico. Yeah, Rico is a motherfucker. Jay-Z, I remember I almost hit a nigga with the Rico. Or is that Rick Ross? Anyway, either way, it's a rap. Yeah. A ribbity rap. A, a ribbity ribbity rap rap rap. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Washing draws. Yeah. Yeah. Might, might get some degrees. You know, write some books. Sheesh. So Young Thug and his... What is he? I guess his 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 gang, gang, young, gang, young his, slime. His, his young slime or whatever. Um, so him, somebody named Gunner, Gunner, Gunner. He's a rapper. You've I heard know, him yeah, before. He a, yeah, he 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 surrendered. Yeah. Um, niggas ain't getting out. Nah, and they try, they're and, trying to find a little baby, and they're trying to find a way to put a little baby and Jack Harlow in there too. Is Jack Harlow part of that group? He is. Mm, but, <laughs> but he's white, so eh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
yeah, I don't know if we're going to get him. I don't know if we're going to. His dad is like, yo. I'm rolling with a G <laughs> and an A. His dad's like, Jonathan Harlockshowitz has never been part of, you know what I'm saying? He's gonna I don't the know these niggers. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was a good kid. He cared about you his community. You know I don't know them. <laughs> he cared about his community. He is a straight A student. You know what I'm saying? That's going to happen. It's, he's never going down with them. No, he's not. He's not. Um, so I don't feel bad. Did you see that Wallow uh, clip of Wallow's talking to Young Thug about, you know, just his overall advice about niggas getting down the street. If you're going to rap, rap. You're going to be in the street, be in the street, but don't do both. That sort of shit. Did you see that clip? I didn't, but I guarantee that whatever Wallow said was probably accurate and Young Thug probably didn't listen to it. Yeah, yeah you know, Young Thug's like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <sighs> yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, wow, mm, wow, riveting. Oh, wow. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, so that's crazy to me that... You did all of this shit. It's not so. <clears throat> remember a while ago we talked about that NFL player who uh, who killed who uh, game ended on 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 Sunday evening, and he was out in Vegas Sunday night because he was a Raider. Right, killed somebody. Drunk and his, his yeah. See, in his second year, all of his dreams are gone. Okay, right. that's one decision. Rico is not one decision. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <laughs> not one decision. No, it's not two decisions. Not three decisions. It's it's you know it's it, it's 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 several months to years worth of poor decisions to do the same shit, and so they're using this, these uh, these niggas' uh, lyrics against him as they should. Hey, this niggas working weekends to prove the case against you if it's a Rigo. Yeah, it's like okay, so so you know dumb niggas gonna do dumb nigga shit though. Yeah, and he, um, he's on recording. He's on not only is he on songs. Oh, okay, no, I will say it the other way. He's they've got. They've got voice memo or recordings of him saying crazy things to people, but he also has information in his songs. That's a real choice, and it's a and it's a it's a like there's so many steps that happen between you recording an album or recording a, a song, and it you know going through the the mix process, the master process. Then we got to send it to the distributor. There's all these stages where you can like no, you know hold that one. Let's not let's not send that one out. So it's not like that was not a, a there was there wasn't time to catch it. Meanwhile, baby from Cash Money Records is looking around the corner going, hey, hey that Wody. You didn't say shit about me, right? <laughs> Wasn't that his artist? Uh, yeah. Yep. It was his artist. Yep. So. Yep. Sure was. We'll see. Um, anywho, so, so Young Thug, uh, I ain't gonna miss you. Um, all right, so... B, do you watch that show Atlanta? Do you, and if you do, do you like it? We've talked about this on this podcast. Talk about Darius? Yeah, we talked about how, how, much, how much better Atlanta is than most TV. Yeah, man. Did I tell you that... So I just went across this quote. I forgot what season. I haven't finished up the second season yet. But this fool Darius. Darius is like the moonchild says, uh, I don't say nice to meet you. I don't believe in time as a concept. <laughs> So I'll say we always meet. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use that shit. So if you're not watching Atlanta, there's three seasons. You should go back and watch the first two. Uh, the third one's pretty good. Uh, I have this thing where I sometimes start uh, series and don't finish them. I talk about them, see how great they are, and then I come back to them. So that is just what happened to me and you right now, B. Right. So I watched the episode. So, yeah, that's some good shit. Um, what well, we talked right. about on this show was the barber who uh, – Started the haircut at Oh, night. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was the longest ass-ass day ever in the history of days. Right. <laughs> Shit, man. You know, those barbers, man. It's hard to find a good-ass barber. 
Uh, NASA sending nudes into space. You heard about that shit, B? <laughs> I didn't. Who are, they, who are they sending them to? Whoever find them. Okay. Who's the nudes? So, who are the models? I don't know that, uh, but they sending nude pe- pictures of nudes into space. I'll be one. You know, I'll be a model, yeah. NASA. Call me up. I mean, it's like, you know, we, are these progress reports? I mean, I don't understand what we're doing here. Right. So, hey, here we are now. <laughs> Swing on back by. Uh, uh, BG, uh, so just some other non-sequitur bullshit. Did you hear about the uh, orange juice cereal? Orange juice cereal. So let me just think. Uh, I'm, are, is it's what exactly saying? what I said. Okay, so you put orange juice in the cereal as opposed to milk? No, the cereal is made to be eaten with orange juice. <laughs> it's orange juice cereal. They only need to put orange juice in the name so you fucking know for sure not to put milk in there. That's what I just said. You, put, you, drink, you eat it with orange juice as opposed to milk. Yeah. Nice. What flavor is it, though? Whatever flavor Tropicana made it to be. I don't know. Granola? Some shit. Yuck. I like some people be staying, finding, you know, uh, solutions. To problems ain't nobody got. It's some dumb shit, man. But that sounds yeah. Tropicana Crunch uh, might be uh, <laughs> it might be out in the streets now. You know, if you <laughs> yeah. are so inclined, you don't have cereal with water. You don't have cereal with milk. You don't have cereal with oat milk. Shit ain't hitting. So ain't hitting. Might want to try orange juice if you you know if you don't got any acid reflux issues. All right, okay. So we gotta talk about some serious shit real quick before we got here. It's not real quick. It's actually pretty fucked up. Uh, Roe v. Wade's coming down. Uh, leaked uh, Supreme Court uh, memo. If you've been paying attention, anything's going out, going on right now. It's uh, May 15, 15, 2022. We all know the memo from Justice Alito, who is writing the opinion, was leaked, and Roe v. Wade is coming down. Allegedly, I right? said it was coming down. Allegedly, no alleged. Yeah, well, that, oh, that's just, that's a that's a leaked memo. That's not necessarily the, what's actually going to happen. I, okay, right? I, well, I misspoke. Draft. Okay. So you write a draft, you don't just put the most crazy shit you can in there. And I'm like, all right, you know, that was, that was, no, right. your draft is going to outline the shit you actually want to happen. Right. The only thing that's going to be buffed, polished, or punched up is going to be how you got to the thing you want to have happen. Right. And so Rose coming down. So what does that mean? That means that a lot of these red states of which you live in, B, they've already started, uh, working on even more restrictive uh, abortion and birth control policies. Right. Texas, I believe, is moving to make it, uh, or Mississippi, I think, is moving to make it... Uh, Heartbeat. Yeah. It moved, no, they're moving to make it a homicide. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody's already been, con- uh, um, somebody's already been charged in Texas, though, right? Right. But uh, the DA decided not to move with it. Okay. Uh, on... Technical reasons, technical issues having nothing to do with the actual propriety of the law in the book. Right. OJ, looking at you. Not OJ, looking at you, Bill, the Cos, Cosby. By the way, he ain't gotten in any trouble since me now. Good for him. Yeah. Um, so so this is a uh, this is bad. This is real bad. For me personally, no. For my daughters, absolutely. For women in general, probably a very bad thing. Why? Walk with me. So Mississippi. Mississippi was asked. About this and their restrictive law, which I don't know, it was like one week, two weeks, something like that. And off the cuff, a reporter says, so are you going to, are, are you thinking about outlawing uh, Plan B or any other forms of, of contraception? The governor said, 
we're not talking about that right now, or we're not doing that right now. In other words, it wasn't dismissive. It's like, we haven't gotten to that point yet. Right. Which means they may get rid of plan B. Hell, they could even outlaw condoms. You think you're making a face of me. There is no end to what the Supreme Court will not pick up right now. Roe v. Wade has been the law of the land for longer than I, you and I have been alive. Yep. The Supreme Court doesn't reverse itself on shit. The last time the Supreme Court reversed itself on shit, it was uh, about slavery. <laughs> Three-fifths. Say, <laughs> so, nope, nope. A, a person is actually, a, you know, an entire person, not, you know, whole person. So it's the Supreme Court doesn't reverse itself on a long-established body of precedent. Well, other countries, Israel, a woman has a right to choose an abortion if she, if she wants it in Israel. What country is more, quote-unquote, air quotes, holier than Israel? So with this change that's going to go in place, America is now in yet another arena showing itself to be less civilized than even some of the lesser civilized places in the world. Imagine that, a country that is the center point of three of the world's largest religions, which each of them take a solid stance against uh, abortion, still allows the citizens to have an abortion if they want. Not here. So I don't want to get stuck on the abortion part of it as what I'm concerned about, what I'm bothered about here is the way our country is set up. The Supreme Court, and we've had this conversation be, is as important, if not more important, than who the president is. That's why when these seats were being stolen by the, by the Republicans under Mitch McConnell, there were going to be serious consequences. You make, I, I see you putting your arms up, B. I'm familiar with the mothership. You think you don't give a fuck? I'm going to tell you why you're about to give a fuck. I didn't say I don't give a fuck. I just may have a different opinion. Go ahead. So the question, B, is what... Won't this Supreme Court take another look at? What about the Loving decision? B, do you know what the Loving decision is? Uh, that was the one about the black man and the white, I mean, the black woman and the white man. The you? Yes. Yeah. Why did I bring that up specifically? Because during KG, KBG's Kentaji Brown Johnson. Jackson? Johnson. Jackson. <laughs> Katanji. Sorry, Miss Jackson. Anyway, during her, uh, during her uh, confirmation hearings, someone floated that. Well, I, I think the Supreme Court, you know, you know is, 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 has in the past has been a very activist court. For example, in the Loving decision, they floated it already. Do I think it will actually happen? No, because, uh, you know, culturally, I think that we're, ours, you know what? Fuck it. I don't know. I call that Roe v. Wade would be would go down, but you got people bringing up loving decision and open in an open uh, uh, hearing in front of people. What about Brown v. Board of Education? They just say, you know what? Isn't separate really equal? If you think about it, it, really is. So let's you know, let's cut to the chase. We all know that if you don't want to go to school with black folks, you you know you move out there. Let's just let's just cut to the chase. Let's not do that. Just. You know, you don't have to have diversity in your schools. Let's just make that, let's all agree, that's really what we're doing. There's no end 
to what this court won't take up now. And that should be frightening. Things you take as, as for granted as these are the rules. Roe was in place for 50 plus years, about 50 something years. It's, it was the rules. See, the thing about the Supreme Court, B, is they don't have to take the case that comes to it. Remember when Trump, you know, wanted to appeal to the highest court in the land? They didn't take the case. Right. That should, but to me, that sounds like that should be um, something that calms you because they don't take every case. They only take the ones that they think, like, I don't want to, I don't want a country that isn't willing to look at things again because, okay, yeah, it's been there 50 years, but so because it's been there 50 years, we're not going to take a look at it again. I like the idea that we take looks at things again. You're saying, well, that you want them to take a, a look at loving again. I want to take a look at everything. I want them to constantly look at everything because that's what. Wait, wait, wait. So, is. so you you want them to t- all right? Well, you want them to take a look at dr- at the Dred Scott decision. I want them to take a look at everything. They're, they should all. That, they should always be taking a look at everything. What What are they doing uh, for? Out of the, the, what do you mean, take a look at everything? There are some rules that are self evident that we don't change. Like for one, we shouldn't have slavery. Right, and they should take a look at them like, yep, we should not have slavery. Put it off, but it should be take. Everything should be looked at. You can't just say, "Oh, we were right then." We're so wrong most of the time. We're wrong majority of the time. We're just trying some shit. It's all trial and error anyway. We're trying to get our way through this. Desegregation. Life. Us trying some shit. I'm not saying that those should be pulled. I'm saying they should be uh, taken. Uh, so, a look so at. I guess. So let me let me be clear. So what you're saying presumes a level of, of objectivity. And I give the people who are in the Supreme Court that level of objectivity. That's why they're there. They don't have it. I don't and agree. That's been a, that's been a known known for the last four no, years. No, that's where we disagree. See, you think that because something is not leaning Democrat, that it's not nope. right. Nope. And I think you can uh, look at you can look at a judge's uh, dis- record of decisions. Mm-hmm. And so normally, what happens is you get one every president. Right. And every now and then, someone you thought was more conservative turns out to be more liberal. Somebody right. you thought more liberal turns out to be more conservative. Right. But there have been three, two or three stolen seats. Uh, yeah. Okay. And when that happens, you, you get to stack the deck. And our politics, the way they are now, are so polarized. Right. Where it is very hard to find anyone that's even close to the middle of anything. Right. And what I'm saying is either we're going to use this system or we're not going to use this system, but we're not going to do right there. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. But that's what we, since, hey, look, since episode four or five, we've been on this, like we've been, but it's here. Yeah. Well, it's here. Yeah. These are the first steps to, you can't have a court do something that 80% of the people is trying to govern disagree with. Okay. But see, here's the thing though, right? So with specifically with Roe v. Wade, um, what the Supreme Court did is not necessarily say, hey, it's illegal to have abortion. What they said was, hey, states, you guys have to decide whether this is illegal or what the terms are. And so now it's, up to, loving. And now it's up to the states to make those decisions. So if you live in a state that's crazy, then the voting in your state is wrong. Maybe you need to get changed the voting in your state. Right or wrong? Am I right or am I wrong? I know that was it's a very simplistic, not, that was very just, simplistic, it, but... Be in your state... The Republicans are pissed because you liberal motherfuckers right. put a Democrat, two Democrats in the Senate, right. and they have redrawn lines. So that shit is going to is, is is going to be highly unlikely to be possible. They've redrawn right the lines. 
it'll be interesting for me to hear from you if you are or if you're going to be asked to vote in the same location that you did the last time. I'll find out. I'm not going to vote, but I'll find out where. Um. Anyway, so back to what I was what I was saying is objectivity has been gone from our politics for about 20 years. I agree with you there. And and you can't vote judges out of the Supreme Court. And to say, well, you know, the, wherever the states you go, I mean, we're talking about Roe v. Wade right now from a male perspective. Um, but there are other things that could affect us as two black men that the state, the states could just decide, oh, well, you know, fuck those guys. I said loving because that's something everyone can can kind of understand the, you know, it's some states had it made it illegal for a white person to marry anyone that was non-white. Right. That was, that was not a federal rule. That's what some states did. And it turns out that's unconstitutional. Right. So if you have a right to your body as a female, that right should not be a state right. That is a constitutional Life, liberty, pursuit of justice, that's, that's an, a constitutional right. Would you be a federal right? So your right. states can't contravene your constitutional rights. But that'd be a which, federal right, though, not a, not a life right. That's still federal because the Constitution is a, is a federal document. So Yeah, but the Constitution is the highest law in the land, and right. nothing in any state can contradict the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And in other countries, it's not called a constitutional right. It's called either, you know— uh, well, but no, you know, the, the, weed, riot, the uh, weed thing was was like that though. The fed the feds weren't fucking with weed, but states were. So that's not necessarily all the way true. Uh, not necessarily because the fed was was choosing not to prosecute. Right. There's it was still it was still illegal though. But they were not acting on it, <laughs> and they're still not acting on <laughs> okay. it. Okay, that sounds no. Like, it's like you know, like that maybe like word maybe. Salad. Maybe in your in your uh, in your where you live, there could be an anti sodomy law in the books, right? How the fuck would you know? You haven't been, you know, you. Why would you know unless right. someone you knew got arrested for it, right? Or even even in simpler times, there could be an anti you know you know horse riding related law in the books that you don't fucking know, right? But why would you not know it? Because Either you don't know anyone that does it or people that do it or it's not enforced. Like jaywalking. When someone jaywalks and tells you they got a jaywalking ticket, don't you go, God damn, that's crazy. Right. What the fuck else did you do to have this happen? Right. So 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 it's not exactly the same. Uh and I think that leaving fundamental rights in a decision of states who are out of step with the majority of Americans is a problem and a recipe for this whole thing coming how, down. how do you know it's the majority of Americans are against it? How, where, where's Not your against. Where's your data? The majority of Americans support leaving Roe v. Wade as is. Where's the data on that? Support abortion, huh? Where is where do you where do you get that data from? Where do you where is that? You can pick any non Fox location for polling on this. Okay, you're never going to get lower than sixty percent okay. of people in favor of leaving it as is. Leaving it as is doesn't say I support people having abortions. It it's saying I support it. people. No, that's saying I support it. This is the rule. People had it, and if people want to do it, they can. I'm not supporting that. Right. Uh, And this is going to continue. I mean, look at uh, LGBTQ rights. That's probably next. And, uh, you know, you and I, we always have these conversations. Not always. Lately, we've been having conversations about, you know, trans athletes competing and, you know. Right. 
that's competition. I still think trans people should have rights. I don't. I just don't necessarily think they should be kicking the asses of people uh, who were born in you know in a, in a gender that science says has less muscle uh, density right. and than the gender that the trans person was born in. Right. So they could lose actual rights that our person should have. So nothing's off the table. And the more things that are that are outrageous that this court takes up and does, the more it uh, delegitimizes what the court actually is, which is yet another crack in the pillar of the things that are supposed to hold this country up. Right. And when you get too many cracks, the thing collapses. So this is the president to do it on, though, because I don't I don't know about you, but I don't I'm not very uh, I'm not very I'm not very fulfilled in I don't know I'll, I'll leave that alone I just feel like this is a this is a good presidency to do all this thing because of who Biden has presented himself as as a president oh, I have nothing nice to say I mean did you did you see him and Bezos going back and 33 forth 33 billion dollars to the Ukraine did, huh? you, did you see him and Jeff Bezos going back on Twitter back and forth on Twitter who? Joe, Biden? Joe Biden, yes. That nigga don't use Twitter. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know what I mean. Of course it wasn't him, but <laughs> when you got Jeff Bezos speaking out against... He's somewhere eating some, eating some ice cream. He don't even know what the fuck happened. That's malarkey. He did what? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> no, I'm upset about all this money going to Ukraine and we won't stop student debt. That's why. I, that's kind of. You know, I'm, I'm very upset about that. And you know, Kunta, this is this is very very controversial for me to say, especially on this show. Um, with the the amount of money that they put into this uh, stimulus for COVID, and now all these billions that are going to Ukraine, I'm beginning to become a proponent of reparations. Like, if we can muster up the money for all this shit, I I'm 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 rethinking whether or not I want to get paid for this reparation. I need my forty acres and a mule. These motherfuckers are getting, they get money from every from everywhere to do everything, and they keep saying, "Oh no, reparations will, will break the system. It'll 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 put a, a, a such a, a heavy load on the economy that we'll never we'll never survive." And I'm thinking to myself, uh, I would have believed that shit pre Ukraine support, pre stimulus support. Come on, man, y'all bullshit now. It's time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was once told a lesson that when you're in the middle of a deposition and you have points you want to prove in the deposition. And if for some reason your deponent gets there without you prodding that person to say what you needed, <laughs> and they do that, you don't ask follow-up questions. You just stop right there and conclude the deposition. With that, it's always going to be black on both sides. Where nothing is black and white.